Feelings are not necessarily true. But when a person holds feelings, they tell themselves stories and it impacts their behavior. So your feelings cause thoughts and your thoughts causes behavior change, causes actions. So by you asking like, say a tech who's in a bad mood, hey, what's going on? I feel like you're off, share with me. Like this might sound like a goofy question, but like, how are you feeling? Like what's going on? Share with me your feelings. Is there stuff going on at home? What are your feelings right now? Because when they share with you your feelings, you get access into the stories that they're telling themselves. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your host, Nate and Brian, hanging out with you another Monday morning or whenever you're listening to this and looking forward to wrapping up a great conversation that we started last week with none other than co-founder of Clover, Laura Kelly. She was in the midst of telling us the seven secrets that are going to change your business right now and make you have more success. We only got through three of them last week, so we're bringing her back again this week to talk about the remaining four. And Brian, it's going to be a great conversation. Before we get to her and all those remaining secrets, we're going to have just a minute or two of us talking about things ourselves. And we're going to turn to Brian for a quote. Procrastination is not only a thief of time. It is a thief of life as well. None other than the one and only Brian Tracy. Hmm. What do you think he means when he says thief of life? Well, if, so what, what we don't, do we procrastinate things that are bad for us? <laughs> <laughs> we just choose not to do them, right? Yeah, fair. We procrastinate things that are good for us, uh, usually because of fear. A right. lot of times in, in what we're talking about, it's fear of rejection. Um, and if we were to take those steps and take those actions and ask for the business and overcome an objection instead of just accepting it and overcome it and, and ask again and ask again, um, whatever it is, whatever we're pro- procrastinating, getting into the gym, getting up that hour earlier, cracking that book, um, whatever starting that diet or maybe not starting that diet, but changing our eating habits to where we know they're supposed to be throwing away the sugary drinks and knocking it off with the smoking and the excess drinking or the monster energy drinks or whatever. All the things we know we should be doing. If we started doing them a year ago, how much better would our life be? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the famous quote, of course, I'm not a procrastinator. I'm just extremely productive at unimportant things. Uh, it does, it does ring true, Brian, in terms of you're right. We do put off the things that we know are good for us. Yeah. So when he says it's, it's a stealer of life, just imagine how much better. And oftentimes when we're talking about, you know, fitness level and, and diet, you know, proper diet, we're talking about extending your life. So you're literally talking about shortening your life when you're talking about throwing the cigarettes out, it's probably talking about extending your life. So, but life to its fullest, certainly. Right. And that, you know, that's something that uh, can also be applicable to your wallet, to your relationships, to all the finer points of what it means to have that full life, right? You know, we often procrastinate doing things that could improve our career and in turn widen our wallet. We procrastinate having deep and intimate relationships because it takes time and energy and sometimes pain to get there. And so, it's a really great way to start off the show, Brian, in terms of taking an introspective look, uh, not only to ourselves, but to our businesses, our lifestyles and everything else. And I know Laura Kelly is only going to add to that conversation today in terms of the things that we should be reviewing about the way that we do things in our careers. What is, so that quote came from a Brian Tracy book that I've been reading over again here the last month or so. No excuses. Awesome. Love that book. Um, what's your favorite Brian Tracy book? 
I, I can't. I confess that I'm not an avid Brian Tracy reader, but the concept of What's eat wrong that. With you? <laughs> what, are you what are you doing? Seriously, what are you doing? The concept of eat that frog is a very simple and yet fantastic uh, place to start, and that's something that I've had to learn through my career to get to that place. So that do you know where that concept came from? Eat that frog. You know what the concept means, I understand, but did you know where he got the title for the book? I'm not sure that I do. So there's a Mark Twain quote. Uh, he said something like, eat a live frog first thing in the morning and it'll be the worst thing to happen to you the rest of the day. So the Brian Tracy book, which is on time management, he's the best-selling author all time on the topic of time management, although I would consider him a sales trainer. But there are probably people who consider him 20 different things because he's one of the few people who's taught on everything to do with life, but he is not a motivational speaker <laughs> at all. Is he? My man is, uh, he's got a dry affect, but one of the just most well-rounded, brilliant people out there. And you better become a Brian Tracy study. You know why, buddy? Because I need help with my time management. Yeah, absolutely. We all do. <laughs> and because he's coming on the show next month. Hey, wow, well, look at you dropping secrets out there. Yeah, baby. What's up? That was Amelia's idea. She's like, you should be, you know, doing like trailers, previews. Uh, I agree. And I'm very excited. Like uh, the hair on my arm stood up when I got that news finally, because I'm emailing back and forth with uh, actually the same lady that I've dealt with the entire time. I looked when uh, we booked it the other day and the first email I sent her was February 17th, 2020. Wow. Long time coming. Yep. And we just, we've just finally booked it. Uh, that would have been October 18th, 2023. So persistence pays baby. Sure does. But yeah. So his, his, uh, time management book, eat that frog. Uh, he, he kind of turned and, and Mark Twain did have more quotes on that, but Brian turned it into, um, if, if eating a frog is the worst thing you have to do all day, do that first. So really it would be like, eat that frog first. And then it, and then in there he says, if you have two frogs, you have to eat, eat the ugliest one first. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all about time management. Um, yeah, great book. Great book. I highly recommend it. And this is one of those ones I can highly recommend, like no excuses. That's free on YouTube. You can go listen to it on YouTube. Or we can do even better, spend the Audible credit or order the book on Amazon or something. Um, Brian Tracy's people actually sent me an autographed copy of Eat That Frog. Nice. Because over these you know, two and a half years, almost three years now, every time I say, Hey, regardless, I don't care. Thank you so much for what you guys do. I love Brian Tracy. I'm a, I'm such a huge fan. He's literally changed my life and I'll end with like something about eat that frog. And they just sent me an autograph book. Well, you know what I am, Brian, I am a Laura Kelly fan and she started off a Same great here, conversation buddy. last week with three just amazing concepts uh, that I think are, are fantastic and applicable to your business right now in this moment right here. And I'm really looking forward to the conclusion of this conversation where we talk about the remaining four. That makes two of us, buddy. I'm pumped to, to get to the end of the list. Although we've uh, I've spent some time with them, Josh and Laura Kelly, I have not gotten all seven. And I didn't really want to jump ahead and get all seven. Um, I wanted to wait for the audience to get it. So Still getting a few days before you guys, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get to that great conversation, Brian, it's time for that special moment of our podcast where we highlight one of our reviewers. Who are we talking about today? Listen, learn, and apply. Five stars. I highly recommend Waste No Day podcast for anyone looking to enhance their professional and personal growth. The show provides practical tips and insights on various topics, such as mindfulness, productivity, and goal setting. Both Nate and Brian, thank you, are engaging and knowledgeable, making each episode informative and enjoyable to listen to. Overall, I found this podcast to be a valuable resource for my own self-improvement journey. 
Thank you, Nate and Brian. Mario M dash SM. That would be Mario Martinez Service Mines. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks, buddy. You know what? Not only is Mario a fan of the show. And and, and uh, putting my name first, I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't know about that part. And uh, I think I just went a little dyslexic there for a second. <laughs> and heard us, only did his episode because he heard us talking smack about him on an episode <laughs> for for scheduling one and then canceling and never getting back to us. Uh, but he also came on the show, was a guest, and then left us a review. Love that. Dude, if just all of our guests left us reviews, we'd like we'd almost double our reviews. Yeah, we're talking to you, Laura Kelly. Yeah, and Josh Kelly, because you've been on too. True, yeah. All right, let's get on that, buddy. From now on, guests, if you want to come on the show, you're going to have to leave a review. Your whole family is what it yeah. is. I mean, hey, you can rate your own podcast, like your own episode as the best one that you've heard. I, we don't Absolutely. Care. <laughs> Change your name. We don't care. <laughs> We're not going to monitor it. Right? Ne- next week's review is by not Laura Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Rurton. Yeah, that Nate guy's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> one star <laughs> uh, thank you for that Mario and also thank you for being a guest on the show it was a pleasure to have you on he was on a couple weeks ago um, maybe a couple months ago at this point but uh, great episode with him awesome episode yeah it was like a little bit rougher on the audio but still was a massively downloaded episode it was a fan favorite that episode Mario killed it yeah well, I know who else is going to kill it, and that is Laura Kelly, and we're excited to put her in your passenger seat right now. Our guest today is Laura Kelly. She is the co-founder of Clover, and as we mentioned last week, is the driving force behind the success of well over 300 and approaching 400 home services companies. At Clover, she is doing everything that she can to help grow the average of year-over-year businesses 30% and beyond. Uh, I talked a lot about her bio last week, and so if you want to hear more about that, you can go back to the previous podcast. You should also make sure that you check in with the first three secrets that we talked about last week. But for right now, we're going to welcome her back and talk about the remaining four. Welcome back to the show, Laura. Cheers for having me, guys. It's uh, it's always fun. Last week, there was a lot of people hitting me up, so um, I, uh, I, I look forward to helping your, your audience out. And this DP report has become very popular, so I'm excited to to hear all the all the growth that comes along with it. Yeah, there were there were it's this was the single most uh anticipated part 2 we've done yet in terms of just just surely by people contacting me to say what a good episode it was and how they can't wait for part 2. Um, That's it. the most feedback we ever got on a cliffhanger. I love it. All right. Well, I'll make, I'll, uh, I'll make sure it's worth it. I also know that Nate has a hot day tonight, so I've got to speed through these last few tips, but I'll make them worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they have some lady coming over there to jam some essential oils in them. Or oh. oh, no. Sorry. That was the <laughs> Kelly. So That's, That's the so Kelly funny. resident. Right. I, That's a whole other podcast that we'll have to do. Just, uh, just ignore that piece move on. Well, Laura, uh, we, this is a part two for this particular podcast. And last week we started the conversation around the seven areas or the seven secrets, if you will, of things that can drive success. And that's all part of some programming that you are due over at Clover. And we want to recap the three that we covered last week just real quickly. And then we're going to conclude with the, uh, the remaining four. So why don't you give us last week's summary of one, two, and three. Happy to do it. Okay. So Step one is a DP report that the largest residential home service contractor in the United States attributes as attributes to his success. He says this is the number one thing he attributes most to his success, and it's a DP report, a daily revenue report that allows you make tweaks if you're not on track for goal. Powerful, powerful, powerful. The second one is the oh, by the way script. It's a passive way of bringing opportunity up to the customer, primarily used in the call center after the call is booked. Oh, by the way, Mrs. Jones, and then boom, bring in the, bring in the, make them aware of the opportunity after the call is booked. Um, the third one is the I notice most of why, a passive non-salesy way of a tech bringing opportunity up to the customer. I notice, Mrs. Jones, you have a 10 plus year old system. Most of our customers consider replacing after 10 years because it saves them so much money on their utility bills. May I ask why you have not done so? Boom, it gives, they, ask a, they, they ask a question and it's the tech's opportunity to educate. That is a very summarized 
version of the three. Listen to podcast one for a more in-depth run around. And anything that you need more details on, I've hit. I've sent loads of people the DP report. I'm happy to send whatever you guys need. Uh, so just, 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 just write to me. I love it. And as Brian mentioned, we have gotten good feedback on that and really excited to dive into the remaining four here, uh, which number four is the level mindset. Yes. The levers mindset. Levers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry. That could have been a type one, my end. Um, the levers mindset. So the levers mindset is the key to building a proactive business. And there are three types of businesses. There's a passive, there's a reactive, and there's a proactive. The proactive type business owners are the same contractors that are the biggest and most successful contractors. Because when you're a proactive in life, you anticipate potential problems and build systems to that to build you build systems ahead of time so that when that issue does arrive, you're ready for it. Um, so let me define how we let me define what a lever is. So a lever is an organized and already designed plan spelled out in detail that you can pull at any time to solve a predictable issue. You should build levers for every predictable issue your business has and have them in your back pocket ready to go whenever you need. So like as an example, call volume. When the weather drops, so does call volume typically. So what would be, what would be some levers that you could pull when call volume drops? As an example, you could send, some I have wrote down here, you could send an email blast to your customers that you know have older systems or need larger repairs. You could start a text campaign to customers who have older systems. You could create a telemarketing campaign with your CSRs tackling customers that haven't done business with you in a year. You could call your digital marketing company and say, hey, double the PPC budget for a week. You could reach out to your media reps and ask for a little extra added value because you need some calls on your board. So it is, you know call volume's gonna drop. So that is a predictable issue. What are some levers that you can build, some plans that you can build that you literally at the drop of a hat can execute so that your business is no longer passive and you don't have to be reactive? Does that make sense? So as like an example, yeah. you know, like Brian keeps in, in his Amazon cart yeah. a Penn State jersey at all times so that he can pull the lever when Michigan washes away their playoff hopes. And just you know, boom, switch teams, like <laughs> lever pool. You, you know people are going to hear this episode after <laughs> Michigan pounds Penn State for the what, 40th year in a row or whatever it is, right? I mean, I'm not, get, I'm, I'm not out, getting involved buddy. in Brian and Nate politics. I think I could be here for freaking hours. <laughs> That's a no, I know, I That's love a no concept, go zone though. for me. Go ahead. The, the proactivity is so important. And, it, it, you know, you mentioned call volume. That's just one of the areas, right? Yeah. I mean, this could be this could be anything. You could have a... Uh, what if what if my uh, top tech resigns today? Uh, what if I lose a truck sure. uh, to engine For failure sure. today? Um, what if uh, you know? What if our AR, our, our AR over thirty spikes? You know, like you need to have these levers set up across all the different areas of business so that you can. And, and the point here, I assume that you're making, is that you can quickly react. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's, and, and, and it's super important to empower your whole organization to think from a lever's perspective. So like you're in a freaking pickle. You're like, okay, what is a lever I can pull today to get us out of this pickle? And a lever is something that is done to fix. It is something, it is, it is not um, a strategy, meaning like many people see uh, like your SEO, your SEO and PPC is typically a strategy. It only becomes a lever when you make a change to it. So like doubling your PPC budget, then it's a lever, not a strategy. Does that make sense? But the, the Yeah. There's a there's a timeline Correct. basically I'm hearing you say. Correct. So levers are designed to be uh, generally short, quick fixes that are going to have immediate impact and not long term plays that are going to have, you know, yeah, certainly impact, but we're not gonna see it right now. For sure, for sure, for sure. And like I would tell listeners that are listening to this. If you start, if you want your organization to start helping you think about hitting your revenue goal every month, ask them, like, what are some levers that we could do that could help us fix this problem today or this week? And then you track the results of those levers that you pulled, and then you write a plan, an SOP, so that you can keep running those levers that were successful. Now you're recruiting your whole organization to help you meet that revenue goal. 
and you're helping, you're forcing them to be innovative. And as a result, you're going to pull so many bloody good ideas out of them. So this levers mindset, build it part of your organization is freaking huge. And remember, the most successful businesses are proactive businesses. So your goal is to build levers so you can be a proactive business. Now, is it possible possible to also be a proactive person? Like, can sure. I, you know, if I'm a technician in the field, can I have levers if things start falling, you know, if my sales start slumping, is there a lever that I can pull if, if, uh, you know, uh, question, you know, I'm getting a bunch of bad reviews online, is there a lever I can pull? Like, what would that look like from a, a personal standpoint? Yeah, like it actually pivots us into the next point pretty nicely. Um, levers definitely, uh, levers definitely apply across the whole organization. I would also say as a business owner, um, you know, as a business owner and as a tech, as a tech, it's important to have that conversation with your business owner and say, hey, how comfortable are you with making like game time decisions? And then we'll, and then, and then we'll track the results. And if they're, if they work great, we'll tell all the techs to do this thing. So really it depends as a business owner, how comfortable you are with your techs making game time decisions. Like, and I always say to business owners, if there's no room for innovation, if there's no room for failure, there's no room for innovation. So I believe it's important to empower your techs to make game, game time decisions. Then you track the results of how well that went. And that could become a lever that you use. Any time that tech runs into that 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 issue, which, you know, if you if it's an issue that continually happens, it's the perfect situation to build a lever for, so you can become proactive. Um, does that make sense, Nate? Yeah, and, and the beauty, at least in in my experience in Lancaster, is that every once in a while you pull a lever and you realize, like, whoa, this needs to become a strategy, not just a for lever. Sure. Like, we need to deploy this at all times, right? True. And that's the beauty of, of having multiple levers ready to pull because you're like, okay, well, wow, this this seems to have continual um, potential for success. Let's just do this all year long and maybe we'll avoid the next panic moment. A hundred percent. I'm grinning because I just remembered that you guys are from Lancaster and our nanny, who I believe made us sick, is from Lancaster. So it's just you guys are just, you know, at fault for us having a terrible 48 hours. <laughs> just just that, that thought just triggered, you know, moving on. No worries. Uh, the the so so let me go on to the next point, which which um, is which is a lever, but it's a uh, it's point uh, six, I believe. Right, Nate? It's point five. Uh, point, five, point five, yes, that's right. So it's how to run successful competitions using the I Notice Most of Why script. Um, and this, this, as I explain it, you'll start to understand why it's also a lever. Uh, the, I, we have a company in um, North Carolina, a client of ours, um, and his company's called Any Day. And it's really cool to learn things from our members as they go through. We give them, like, ways of thinking often, like... Um, like the levers mindset as a result. And then they deploy creative ways of making them apply to their organization. So uh, this, this uh, Adrian Stevenson, a member of ours from any day, um, rolls out tech competitions commonly using the I notice most of why. So now that his techs have a system that allows them easily bring opportunity up to a customer, the I notice most of why, he now tries to gamify it by doing tech competitions in a field so that now he's giving them the tools to succeed and making it, creating a healthy, fun competition so it's gamified and therefore fun, and as a result, the habit is built. Now, the way he rolls out competitions is super unique and um, super creative and has is one of the reasons that he believes his organization has skyrocketed in, skyrocketed in such a such a such a short amount of years. Um, he every week, not sorry, not every week, weeks that are slower, so a week that a lever might be applicable. He uh, says he he's discovered that his guys, his techs, are big sneaker guys. They freaking love sneakers. That's the thing. That's the thing that motivates them. Um, so he said, okay, using the, I notice most of Y script, here are the limited sneakers that you all, that you're all raving about. And he drops them into the chat and he said, whoever sells three leads 
Whoever flips three leads that then sell, and those three leads then sell, you guys get the sneakers. So throughout the week, he's bantering with the techs in, the Google ch- in his Google chat. That's how he communicates with his techs. Literally making them compete against each other. Like, John, are you really going to allow Rick, like, rip you to pieces like that and sell way more? And he's going to have the cool sneakers. Are you really going to allow him to do that? Then, then, then Adrian personally delivers the sneakers the end of the week to the house. Like, the owner... Large shop personally delivers the sneakers. His whole thing is it by him. What he found was in him gamifying it, finding something that they actually care about. Now the I noticed most of why is just part of their repertoire. The techs make more money than they've ever had. They have a better relationship with their tech peers than they've ever had because they're like bantering them against each other every single week. So now anytime they have a slow week, he's like, "Okay, Adrian sees the." This, the board's looking kind of crappy this week. What are some things we can do? So he runs this competition. He has this sneakers manufacturer guide that he gets onto. What are the latest sneakers? He drops them in the chat and banters them all against each other. He also runs what we, what we, we, teach, we teach people to run what's called a code red. So say you go into the office and your board just looks slow. There's not enough calls on the board. We call what's called a code red. Meaning, what are some things that we can do what are some things that we can do today so that we can get some calls on the board? So what he does when he calls a code red, he says, um, the, he, he, he knows what's the fit, what's the, the favorite restaurant in the area that they, that they service and that their techs live in. He buys like a $500 or $250 gift voucher. And for whoever flips a lead and that lead sells, they get that voucher at the end of the day. So a code red is mainly is mainly for that day, or you can run longer ones if you think you're going to have a slower week. But it only counts when the lead actually sells. So flipping a lead isn't enough; it has to actually sell. So then it prevents um, it it ha- it helps force the tech to pre qualify before they flip, um, and that doesn't just obviously benefit the own the business owner. It doesn't just benefit the comfort consultant. It forces the tech into the habit of asking better questions and. You, we all know the quality of our questions determines the quality of our lives. So the better questions you can ask in a home, you know, you apply that, that talent, that skill to your husband, to your wife, to your kids. Um, so it's, it's been, it's, it's incredibly powerful. The code red, pick a restaurant that you know they all love and they're in charge of flipping the leads, but they only get rewarded when the lead sells. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Now, I want to push back on that a little bit because, you know, when you're talking about contests and all that, yeah. um, what's your what's your theory or what is uh, what would you say to, I mean, if we're running contests, we're basically going to get our, our, our technicians hooked on, you know, crack. Like they're, they're <laughs> yeah. you know, they're going to, they're almost going to sandbag or they're going to underperform, you know, and wait until the contest comes out and then basically boom, 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 like, you know, all of a sudden, like, wow, where are these leads coming from? So how do we guard against that? Or, you know, is that a fallacy that doesn't exist? Or what would you say? What's your strategy towards deploying contests? Well, yeah, that's a great question. I would say, I would say to a point, it's a, it's a fallacy, like there has to be an element of, you know, you trusting, trusting the, you trusting the character of the guys that you have work for you. Um, and again, if they feel like you doubt them, you know, they're probably going to give you more reason to doubt them. Um, but I would also say it, it solves a bigger issue because if they are, say, on paper, if they're on paper performance anyway, and they get incentivized for, for a, a flip anyway, and they are, they are incentivized to start practicing the I notice most of why a super proven process, they therefore feel more equipped and more confident that they're just going to be more likely to do that most days, if not every day. Because what it's doing, it's creating habitual behavior change. And it, that, that's essentially what, uh, like running code reds, yes, it solves a short, it, it solves a painful day, but it's building behavior change and it's healthy behaviors over time determine the quality of a person, a, an organization. You, you get what I'm saying? So the benefit, the, 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 the lower, the small likelihood of that happening, of them banking leads, I think is, you know, a freaking hit I would take if it means I have text that habitually feel comfortable bringing opportunity up to a customer be, be difficult to bank a lead yeah like are you really going to text 15 clients back right. when the 
a day, uh, a random day that a contest drops. Right. But I get what you're saying, Nate. Yeah. But yeah, that's the the uh, benefit of that. Like any skill, once you've learned a skill, you can't really unlearn it. Yeah, right, right. It becomes ha- it becomes habit, and that's that's what you want. You want to create. You want to you want to think about ways to make what to make the desired result habitual. Like how can I make this easy? So we just got to figure out a way to get Colonel Nathan R. Jessup into our organization to talk about how code reds don't actually exist and how you can't handle the truth. That's right. That's from a few good men, Laura. Don't listen. Ignore him. <laughs> they don't have that movie in Ireland, bro. What is it? What? I don't even know this movie. I, you know, sometimes you don't know a few good men. I, I don't. I'm, I'm joking the, about I'm the, the Ireland. I'm, thing, I'm honestly. Maybe there's some truth to it. I'm honestly the person that, unless I'm sitting watching a movie with you with like a ginormous cup of coffee, I'm gonna be out in like two minutes. So <laughs> I blame. I blame the movies. You know, fall for not being interesting enough. So if I ever fall asleep, it's if fine. I ever fall asleep in your company, Brian or Nate, you know, you just weren't interesting enough. It hasn't happened yet, but you haven't met Nate in person. I'm guessing you could pull it off. Oh wow! wow. Gosh, wow. gosh, it's thick skin around here. Goodness gracious! Yeah. Well, Laura, I find it interesting that the I noticed most of why. Uh-huh script Uh is number three and that builds upon the concept of levers and then levers builds upon the concept of deploying the i notice most of why script in a contest format is number six like another step or does that depart from the progression Uh, good question and what i what i the reason these the reason i chose these seven like there's a ton of stuff that you know we share with our people but Usually, best. Oh, I thought you were giving it all away here, and this is the conclusion. Whoa, of Clover. there's more. Oh, you are, how on. many? How many? I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you guys a calendar invite to part, to part three. three. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! We could stay here for several hours, but then Nate, you might have an unhappy wife, and I don't blame her. That's right. Uh, all right, so um, <laughs> I'll, I'll Uber eat you guys some dinner. Relax. Over there. Perfect. Get me too. Pastinos, please, Brian. <laughs> or Chick Fil A. Honestly, I'm like all about Chick Fil A these days. I'm not sure what's what, why or what, those sandwiches just. Yeah, get Amelia me going. Is the same. She loves her some chick, some Chick Fil A. I don't yeah. blame her. It's just the chicken sandwich to me. No, no there's not, not that deeply insulting. But... Goodness. All right. Well, <laughs> Amelia's invited over. You're you're not. You can sit in the door. <laughs> I'll, oh, I'll put your Chick Fil A to the envelope and, and to the to the to, to the mailbox. Okay. Well, she's in there getting LASIK right now, so she's gonna need a ride. Boy, she's definitely going to need a ride. I was like, why aren't you with her? Goodness, waste no yeah, day. My, the serious. Uh, do, do you guys feel the loyalty to the waste no day podcast? He's abandoning <laughs> ship while his wife. Gets do you understand that her audience? Oh my gosh, she's, she's getting uh, oh uh, Luke Skywalker's taking a, his saber to her it's eyes. It's honestly right such now, a freaking dog procedure. It is such a dog. She doesn't. The three know of us who Luke are Skywalker jammed into your passenger fine. seat. Yeah, yeah. What's that? <laughs> she doesn't know who Luke Skywalker is. <laughs> so like that now she's now Nate, is it my turn to start like throwing insults back at you now? Is it? Is, is yes, we've been waiting this whole time. <laughs> it's been a week. <laughs> it's been a week. Yeah, yeah. He needs it. His head needs I to picture be... uh, the, the screen says, in a galaxy far, far... <laughs> oh my gosh. So, uh, so, I mean, I'll just send your wife a Starbucks voucher for your date tonight. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> Sounds great. I'm joking. Okay, so uh, all of these tips definitely intertwine. I, like, encourage you to... Uh, uh, the, the best way to... The best way to build to build anything into, into your organization, those pick the one that you believe will propel you forward. Like, and I ask, I tell people, ask themselves this question all the time. What is the one thing that if you did, it would make everything else easier or unnecessary? Ask yourself that question when you listen to these seven tips and, and deploy that one. And for me, I would genuinely say it's the DP report, but all of these are truly profound um, and work with all size, all, all size companies. Uh, so the next one is, um, the breaking through emotional barriers. So this is this can be a, this can be an interesting one. You know, you see those like you see techs, managers, uh, GM, CSRs, anybody, any human going around your organization, and you can feel that they're either they're they they just might not be performing, they mightn't be listening, they might just be a bit moody, they're not themselves, they're not they they're not living up to what you believe is their potential. Um, or their form is just off. They're not how they usually are. Uh, many people are. What what happens? What happens often is that is that is the GM or the owner just gets annoyed, or the service manager, or whoever, just gets annoyed. They're like, "What the heck's wrong with this dude? Just whatever, just liven up. What's wrong?" And you just tell this. You're just you're just annoyed, and then it creates this this kind of this environment where 
you're supposed to be te- a team with these people and instead there's these hostile emotions held for one another. When you feel that and you feel that, pre- when you feel that that hostility is present or a person is just not performing, literally asking them, putting them into your office and asking them like, how are they feeling? Like what's going on? Um, and the reason I, the reason I uh, suggest you do that is when a person holds feelings, feelings are not necessarily true. But when a person holds feelings, they tell themselves stories and it impacts their behavior. So your feelings impact your, 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 your feelings cause thoughts and your thoughts causes behavior change, causes actions. So by you asking like, say a tech who's in a bad mood, Hey, what's going on? I feel like you're off. Share share with me. Like this might sound like a goofy question, but like, how are you feeling? Like what's going on? Share with me your feelings. Is there stuff going on at home? What are your feelings right now? Because when they share with you your feelings, you get access into the stories that they're telling themselves. And only then can you actually influence. So commonly, like you see sometimes people are like, oh, you guys charge too much. And they're telling them, they're like peed off about that, what they believe is a truth. When in fact, if you got insight into that being the story that they're telling themselves that is causing them to have these annoying feelings, you can then influence that story and change the trajectory of those person's uh, feelings, therefore changing their, their actions and their thoughts, and as a result, changing their, their behaviors and their results. So it's, it's, it's many people know that their team members are annoyed or that they're having a bad day or they're just not sure what's going on with a person. And instead of them being like, oh, what's going on with this person? Literally, just be direct with them. Call them into your office and say, hey, dude, it seems like you're having a hard time. What's going on? Uh, like this might sound weird, but literally just share with me your feelings and they'll share frustrations. And only then can you get insight into the stories they're telling themselves. And from there you can influence. If you don't know what a person's feeling and the stories they're telling themselves, you can't influence. And you're going to be continually guessing and providing solutions to a story that is not even, you're, you're providing a solution that's not even addressing the challenge or the problem or the story that they're telling themselves over and over. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I mean, what, what you're suggesting there is that we actually have to know our people to lead our people well. Cor- correct. And like literally do not be afraid to have those vulnerable conversations. And we chatted on vulnerability a little bit last week. Like only from that place can you really know what's going on with a person and therefore influence um, and, and making that habitual. Like um, I, I have these, I, I, there's a lot of business owners that we work with and their husband and wives, and we literally have them have a feelings conversation every Tuesday and Thursday, and it changes the trajectory of their relationship. And there's no, t- then, then a person doesn't get time to become super frustrated because this chatting about our feelings is like habitual. So there's no time for a person to just get annoyed about nonsense that doesn't even happen. Cause, and what I always tell people before they even have these feelings conversations is like, like I always preface when I'm annoyed with a team member, I'm saying, Hey, I'm having these feelings. My feelings, it doesn't mean my feelings are real. Honestly, it doesn't, they're just feelings, but I want to share them with you so I can stop telling myself the story that I believe is possibly untrue. And then from that place, you share what's going on. And that like elephant in the room or that like, that like ambiguity, meaning I don't know what the heck is wrong with this person. They don't know what's wrong with me. is just gone. And then you have this healthy culture where chatting about what's going on internally becomes normal. And again, only when you know what's going on internally, can you actually influence? Otherwise you're guessing. Nate, you ready to have some feelings conversations at dinner tonight, buddy? No, no. The hair on his neck was standing up when you were saying share feelings. It scares a lot of people. <laughs> but watch how your relationship changes. Because you, you then, you then um, it's like it's, it, you create what's called psychological safety. Yeah, I would, I would actually have to talk uh, for that to work, Brian. I'm not sure that's, <laughs> that's going to be a good thing. Your wife's going to be wired <laughs> on coffee. Really She's going to need to talk no- to you. The, the audience really has no, oh, she'll be, talk, she'll be fine to talk. It's, it's, uh, it's somebody hitting that tennis ball back. That's going to be the problem. Yeah. The coffee is for her to stay awake while she's in my company. <laughs> the audience thinks Nate's just a jabber box over here, but it, man, nothing could be further from the truth when, it, when the mic isn't in front of him. Laura, I do have a question about that. Yeah. You know, so, um, whether it's just my personal experience or whether mm-hmm. it is more symptomatic across the nation, uh-huh. 
you know, when you're in a GM role or manager role or team leader or some type of position like that where you're interacting with people, you know, and, and you see these things that like, you know, Frank isn't, Frank's not doing well, you know, Jamie is, is uh, you know, she's really off today or like, and you start telling yourself yep, the story, right? You start telling yourself about, well, if Jamie would just, you know, listen to what we've been telling her right. or if Frank would, you know, follow the stinking process, like we wouldn't be in this situation. And then the, the natural the natural step, I think, is to actually create barrier and separation between you and that person because, well, number one, it's easier. It's easier to complain and not do anything For about sure. it. And number two, I don't really want to have a conversation with somebody that I don't like. I don't really want to have conversations with people that I do like. And so if you're going to force me, if you're, if you're going to force me into a place where I have to have a conversation with somebody that I am like, oh man, this is just, you know, one of those dear God, is there like a fire that could break out in the building right now? So we could have a reason to get out of here yeah. moments. So how, how do, if you're speaking to the managers and the GMs and the, you know, yeah. the, the service team leaders and all that stuff of the, of the listenership right now, how do you, challenge them to overcome the feelings of let's build walls as opposed to let's build bridges yeah it's a good question honestly like life life is sometimes so much easier in the short term just be like i can't cope i just i just don't want to talk to this person like i just like just uh i don't don't have it in me like we all have freaking problems you don't need you, 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 you we're all trying to get away from problems not inherit more of them um and what I would tell you is in the short term, it might seem easier, but if you're really going to influence anybody, unless you can get truth, real access into the stories that they're telling themselves, you will not influence and they won't perform. And if you're avoiding them, if you're avoiding them because they are a freaking headache and they might be like they, they, they might be an annoying individual. Like I'm not taking that away, but if you, if you don't figure out a way to work with them and for them to be for there to be mutual respect back and forth, you are going to have an uphill battle. Um, so what I would say to you, yes, in the short term, it can be really flipping annoying, but in the long term, unless you can get access to those internal stories, you're gonna have a hard time influencing. And you know, you hear you hear people say that leader's team would go run to the ends of the earth and back for them. If a person is telling a, a, a counterproductive story about you, you're going to want to know about it or you're never going to be able to influence them and you're never going to be able to get the results from them that you could if you had access to their truth and you could then, you could then influence them in a conducive way that allowed them feel heard, listened to, understood, respected and cared for. Well, also, plus that dialogue begins to change the story that you've been telling yourself, right? So and, and true. It, it, so true. It's not, it's not always the fact that Frank isn't following the process like you think and have been telling yourself that he isn't. It may be something completely different. Or it's not, it's not always that, that Jamie isn't listening to the training that you've been providing so to her. True. It could be something completely different. And so we, so you know, in managerial roles, we tell ourselves these stories because we're going off of face value. Like, well, you right. know, clearly this is what's yeah. going on. Right. And nobody's, nobody's in the room to say, well, I don't know, maybe that's not what's going on. Like, and, and you know, here we are living in an echo chamber of basically our own thoughts. And the only way that we can adjust from that is by gaining perspective. And that's where that dialogue has to happen, where we invite them into the conversation to say, hey, what's up? What's happening? It's, it's so, so, so true. Com and, and that is, and you'll find that the more of these conversations you'll have, honestly, sometimes you're the person, you're the, you're the problem. You're telling yourself crappy stories that are not fripping true. And we do it all the time. And it's often important to, like, again, build that habit of saying, you know, is this story true? Could this not be? How can I figure out the truth? Um, and 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 because you know, either way, you're working with this person. You may as well choose to not hold these crappy stories. Tell yourself these crappy stories every day because they're not just they're 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 not just wearing you out. They're detracting from your ability to actually do a good job. Yeah, Brian has never told himself a wrong story. Yeah, right, Brian. <laughs> 
Yeah. If I if I said it, it was. I, I saw his diary one day. You know, it was it was kind of compelling. The story he told himself. I have to, I found, I have to be able to write to have a diary. What are you talking about? <laughs> and you wouldn't be able to read my handwriting. No, you have you have uh, your, you have your true. son that edits the podcast write your diary for you. He gave me he gave me, he gave me the scoop on all your thoughts. Darn it! I can't argue with that. <laughs> So breaking through emotional barriers, uh, not necessarily one thing that we would pride ourselves in the typical or stereotypical trades uh, industry, right? Uh, But all the more effective that or all the more reason that we need to do it because regardless of what industry you are in, the only way that you can efficiently lead people is if you have an understanding about where they're coming from and they have an understanding about where you're coming from. You know, that's... That is the, that's the rough definition of communication, you know, sometimes what happens, which seems so easy. Sorry, you know, sometimes what happens to the people you tend to clash with most in business, sometimes it's, sometimes it's because what annoys you about them, you also have. It's, that's it's right. sometimes yeah. super yeah. interesting to be like, mm. what is it about? Like, why do they annoy me? And, and, and like, like I've worked with a guy in the past and he used to rub me up the wrong way all the flipping time. And I, we did a test called crystal. It's uh, the psychometric test. It shows you like you, it's it's free, and you can have your whole team do it. Turns out I'm so frippin', so I like the guy. So like we're we're freaking so identical. So commonly, it's something that annoys you about yourself that you're seeing in the other person, and it's rubbing you up the wrong way. So, you know, looking through it through the lens of like, what can I learn about me is it can also be helpful. Uh, sometimes it's 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 you guys are sometimes it's it's literally similarities. You're too similar, and it's causing you to clash. I think it's well, according to Carl Jung, at least. Every time it was anything that annoys you and someone else yeah. is telling you something about yourself. It's the flipping it's truth. The quote, and that's you know, rough. Somewhere around there. It's sometimes rough to admit to yourself. You're like, shit, I'm working on this. Now I have to work on this thing too. Um, yeah, but it is great when, you know, the people on like Facebook who just not, are, they're only there to call people out. And if you look at them through that lens, now you're, you're just cracking up while you're reading it. <laughs> Tell us more about what you hate about yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. right, 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 right. It's, it's, uh, oh, psychology's a wild field. Like, it, it's, uh, we're all evolving beings and it's no freaking joke. It's a journey. Yeah, I've seen that in my kids, you know, where, where one of them will, will talk back to me or will do something that makes me very frustrated. And if I really think about it, there's an element of my own failures in, in what they're doing that is bothering me. And, you know, I have to reflect upon that internally and say like, well, wow, if this is what I feel when I see it in somebody else, how do other people feel when they see it in me? Mm. Yeah. More it's especially with the boys though, right? Way more so with my son than with my daughters, but it's, it's a lot of, uh, the things that annoy me the most are the things that I've already come through. And he's dealing with now. And I'm like, how do you not know this? Yeah. You know, you just get that little frustration. But you got to give them that grace. Same thing for technicians. Same thing for people that you lead. Same thing for people leading you, people in positions of authority over you. Mm-hmm. The worst, the things you're going to dislike the most are typically things that you've already dealt right. with or things that you see as an issue in yourself. For sure. And if you can turn that lens on yourself, it makes it a lot easier, A, to report to somebody and B, to lead people. For sure, for sure, uh, for sure. And asking, like, asking, asking yourself, like, what did you need at that time to help you get through X? And then... Smacked. I needed smacked yeah. most of the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kicked, oh kicked it down a flight of steps and told to stop being a whatever. I'm not sure we want to deploy that same scenario in our manager <laughs> type role. Oh, Brian. I thought we were talking about Laura and Josh. Never mind. Oh yeah. my goodness gracious <laughs> me! You're gonna get we're gonna get called up by like the what's that society? Uh, society uh, child Youth Services, yeah, yeah, exactly. ASPCA. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're animals now. Is that what you're calling us? We're animals. Oh, is that what that oh, is? We're Never animals. mind. Josh could be an animal. Yeah, yeah that's probably fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, Arlen, only when he gets been, some clippers in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> this has been fantastic, and you've you've led us so well through six secrets 
uh, bringing us home with secret number seven. Oh, this would be great if we had a sound effect. Do, do, yeah, do, this is when we need the sound effect. Do, 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 do. <laughs> uh, dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, you can, that's the next step up for your, for your son who does a good job in these podcasts, throwing in some sound effects. That would be awesome. <laughs> that might, that might, might <laughs> We're distracting, that but awesome. Cut that part out before you hear it, please. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Taking control of your marketing. So uh, this is, this is, a, a, this is, um, Less fun, this tip, I would say, but uh, oh, this is by far the least entertaining one just effect, from hearing about it. Let's, let's just go with six secrets. So, yeah, then. we just call it a day. Uh, <laughs> so, let me. So many people get super annoyed at their digital marketing companies, um, and they're always like, they're, they're never happy with their digital marketing companies. And I would say, so, so. But commonly what's wrong is they just don't know how to drive their digital marketing company. We don't do digital, mar digital marketing, so I'm not here to defend myself by any stretch. I'm just sharing with you. I'm just trying to set you up for success so that you can have a good experience with your digital marketing company. I do believe most digital market marketing companies genuinely try to do good work. The, the challenge is most owners or managers don't know how to, to effectively drive their digital marketing company. And that's commonly the pickle that we end up finding ourselves in is like, they, if, if you don't know how to drive your digital marketing company, you will end up getting mediocre results. So they might, they, they it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like anybody, if you don't know how to effectively drive someone, you're not going to get the most of them. So meeting with your, meeting with your um, digital marketing company Bi-weekly is important, but also knowing what metrics to pay attention to and what to ignore. Like ultimately, all you care about is getting the board full. Ultimately, all you care about is getting the board full. So they could tell you, oh, we're trend, we're, oh, you're, oh, we're doing, we're, we're, this, this term is being searched for a lot this week, or sorry, you're trending for this term, but what if that term's not even being searched for this week? Um, so my my point is it's super important to know how to drive your digital marketing company and to do that you need to know what to pay attention to and what to ignore so what metrics are important and what metrics are totally vanity metrics and it doesn't flip and matter if they're improving they're redundant anyway they're not they're not moving the bottom line so i share all these seven tips because they're the seven tips that when you put focus on they will have such a huge return for you Email me the email me email me if you want to know how to effectively drive your digital marketing company. I have a one sheeter, but I would tell you this: if you are annoyed at your digital marketing company, chances are you need to become a little bit educated on how to drive them. When you become well, I'm annoyed. So let's yeah, let's, let's educate me let's here because it. I've I've heard this refrain plenty of times yeah. from people. You know, marketing is such a crock. Like they charge me a bunch of money, yeah. and then. Sometimes they strike gold, sometimes most times they don't. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like they're more lucky than they are skilled. So yeah. help me understand how I need to drive well, them. It it is tough. It, it's tough from the owner's perspective because I you know, I pay enterprise to lease vehicles from them. I don't have to know a ton about how an F two fifty works, right. Right. right? That's their job. Right. I just get some trucks and drive right. them. Right. So but you're saying that digital marketing is not the well, same. It was, but I would say yes and no. I don't think you need to know how to do it. I don't think you know, need to know the ins and outs. But there are certain metrics that you just need to make sure are doing better than they did last year. Does that make sense? So, so say, for instance, sure. so, say, so say we're talking about PPC. Like, if we're talking about PPC, the main things you need to pay attention to are like, so like what's your overall call volume? What's your ROI, the revenue generated, your cost per acquisition, your conversion percentage, your cost per click. So, so this form, this, uh, this sheet that I have, it's a one sheeter on how to drive your digital marketing company. It tells you the metrics you need to pay attention to. And literally all you do when you get on a call with your, with your digital marketing company, I would say every second week at first until you've this like nice cadence dialed in and then down to once a month, you literally just ask them, how are my, what's, what's my, um, what, what is my conversion percentage? What is, um, what, what revenue, what, what is the revenue generated based upon the dollars I have invested with you? There's certain number, there's certain things you need to pay attention to. And you, once they're improving and doing better from the, from the same month last year, then you're moving in the right direction. So you don't need to know how they got to the number being better. You just need to make sure that the number is trending in the right direction. Does that make sense? So when I send you this form, and I'm so happy to send, send it to you, it's laura at growwithclover.com. We have the metrics broken down that you have to pay attention to for PPC, 
for SEO and for social for for um, social media stuff, social media work, you just have to ask the question related to each SEO PPC and um, and social. Once those metrics are improving, when you compare them to the same month last year, then you're on the right track, and that is all you have to worry about. And when you ask, when you pay attention to those important metrics and they're growing, then you can rest assured that you are working with the right company and you're heading in the right direction. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfectly. Um, and, and especially at this time of year, in this season of the trades, yeah. you know, this is often considered a shouldered season anyways, and perhaps particularly in 2023, uh, the year has definitely been more of a retracting year anyways. So no better time than to be investing in understanding right. the metrics behind marketing and making sure that they are measured and that they are held accountable to those. For sure. Like, like I, me, me myself, I don't know the ins and outs of digital marketing at all, but I have gone on with clients whose digital marketing company were underperforming, and I literally just held them accountable to their numbers. I literally just held them accountable to their numbers, and their whole performance shifted. That is it. It's like, it's like, it's like with anything, what you, your, what you accept is your standard. What you're willing to accept is, is your standard, and then they... They, they then are willing to accept if, if, if you don't push for a high standard, they'll, they will just do, you know, just the normal work. When I have come in and pushed a digital marketing company by literally just holding them accountable to these metrics on the sheet, their performance is freaking skyrocketed. Accountability is huge. And then typically they'll end up giving you better account managers and stuff like that. But accountability is huge. I don't know the ins and outs of digital marketing. And I don't expect you as a listener, as an owner, to know the ins and outs of digital marketing. But what I do expect of you is to hold your digital marketing company accountable. When you hold them accountable, they genuinely, genuinely will perform for you. It's like, because partially you just remain top of mind. So that's a two-way street and a great segue there, Laura. Accountability, yes, we want to hold our vendors and partners accountable for their end of the deal. Uh But you've worked with hundreds, if not thousands of different um, companies and certainly very niched into the trades itself. When you reflect upon all these different experiences that you've had, where would you say is the biggest lack of accountability when it comes to owners or GMs in the trades? Where, where are we missing it when it comes to holding ourselves accountable for things that could absolutely change our business? I'm, I, I sound like a broken record, but our numbers, 120% our numbers. It's like, if, if it, so back to that DP report, if you fill that DP report out every single day, and, and, and bear in mind, and I hope I mentioned this in the first podcast, a DP report, you, 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 you acknowledge the goal that you want, you acknowledge what you want your revenue goal to be that year, then you break it down per quarter, per month, per week, and per day. Um, once you are on track, once you hold yourself accountable to being on track on your DP report, things will be okay. Because it, like it is like your North Star. It is your North Star. You will find the techs you need to be able to reach that DP goal. You will find the right vendors in order to be able to get you a good return on your marketing spend. You will ensure that you're empowering your techs with the right, I notice most of why, systems that cause them to easily open their mouth in the home. By, by, the D, by using the DP report, it becomes your North Star and it gives you insight in, it gives you insight, it gives you awareness, which allows you ask yourself a question and then gives you direction on what you need to change in order to be able to improve that number. Does that make sense? It does. And, and I assume, you know, earlier in the podcast, you said, like, ask yourself the question, what is the one thing that if I would do this, I would experience the, the yeah. most significant change? I assume you would answer that question with, you know, tracking your numbers. So if somebody came to you and they said, well, you know, Laura, like, we got metrics out the yin-yang. Like, we have more numbers than we know what to do with. What's the best next step for me to take? Do I need to apply one of these other six secrets? Is there something else that 
I should be focusing on is like, you know, if I got my numbers in place, what's next? Where do I go from here? Yeah. yeah. Great question. If you have your numbers in place, the next step, and you guys probably know this is getting the right people on the bus, um, getting the right people on the bus. And I will point you to the one resource that will help you do this. Um, I would say Tommy Mello's book is an incredible book. Um, his elevate book on how to build an incredible culture around you. But there's a book called the who method. It is the most profound way of hiring and attracting great talent and spotting a red flag from a flipping mile away. Um, again, happy to send it to you. It's the who method we have broken down into a usable hiring SOP. And what it ensures is that your organization has A players at all times and how you can wean out B players before they ever even, before they ever enter your organization. Um, so having the right people on the bus is huge. The, the, the number one way that will prevent you against allowing B players in and accepting the mediocrity that can come with B players is the who method. Read that book. If you don't want to read the book, reach out to me, Laura at growwithclover.com. I have broken it down in, and we call it the hiring SOP and it has revolutionized, um, our members. The hiring SOP, it's exactly how you go about the hiring process, the scorecard that you will rate their performance on and the exact ad that you use to attract talent. Because you hear so many, you see so many job ads and they're like, this is what you're going to be responsible for. That's not how you attract talent. It's a sale. Like when you're putting an ad up oh. and indeed it's a total flipping sale. You're giving my secrets away, Laura. Yeah, <laughs> Um, so, so right, right, seat, right, right seats on the bus, right talent, having a team of A players. And if you're a small organization and you don't believe that you can attract A players, I would first say you've got to shift that mindset fast. You're welcome to reach out to me and I will tell you how to create a compel. I will show you how to create a compelling ad so that you can compete against the bigger guys that are offering all the benefits that are offering the 401ks. Um, because what you can offer is a prosperous career. Um, and that can all be laid out in a powerful ad. And when you're writing an ad, you're selling, you're not telling them, here's what I expect of you every single day. It just doesn't work anymore. Or here's what I have to offer. That's the exact as same thing as every other, but, but a $500 difference in a sign on bonus and, and man, really recruiters, I don't want to say like professional recruiters, but whoever's responsible for the recruiting at most skilled trade businesses, if you just jump on Indeed right now and start going through them, you're going to find that they are almost copy paste. And, and people seem to think if they just edge up the signing bonus a little bit, it puts them ahead of everybody else. No, like the start, like, when it's just not it's the not case. The, like the start of our ones are, you want to change the world and have fun doing it. And it immediately, <laughs> like I write these ads for people and it, they just, they get, they get inundated with freaking candidates. And that's just the start of it. It's, it's, it's fun. It's humorous. It like makes a person want to keep reading. And if you don't make a person want to keep reading, they're not going to even learn about the sign on bonus at the very end of, at the very end of, of the job ad, which is typically where it is. Well, this has been a ton of fun, Laura, and uh, I'm sure we'll get inundated with people who are, are enjoying what you're talking about and interested in learning more. You did mention it earlier in the show, but give us, uh, give it to us one more time. If people are liking these seven secrets, they want to learn more about it. They want to get a copy of that DP report or how to hold their marketing company accountable. Where's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah. Um, so it's Laura, L-A-U-R-A at growwithclover.com. Laura at growwithclover.com. I'll reach out. I, I, I'll, I'll send you back. Truly, I think, you know, hopefully you felt my heart through this. The solutions we give are actively working in like the largest contract the largest companies in the united states many of them started as like nothing at all like um shout out to alan how many are, how many are you currently working with i'll tell you the exact number last week it was 369 this week that's a great question I, 399 thanks to the waste no day podcast. <laughs> i'm not sure 369 <laughs> was last week but it like we sign on a lot of people ongoingly but last week it was 369 because i checked that number before i jumped on um so so you know uh, a little bit more than that this week which is uh really freaking awesome and it's uh it's it's just super it's super cool for people to come in and actually 
they no longer are guessing. Their business is no longer a guessing game. Every solution we give them is being actively rolled out in tremendously successful organizations. And I would say a huge thing to contractors, like really level up your network and make an active intention to visit shops that are where you want to be. Not just huge ones, I think that's good too, but also ones that are like where you want to be in the next year, where you want to be in the next two years. Because when you start to see something that you actually want, you start to believe that it's more possible. And take your managers. The, the managers yeah, need to see it for too. For sure. They'll see a lot more than you will. They, it's the, that's the absolute truth. That's absolutely the truth. I would even say, we, we, we visited shops that were smaller than us and picked up things. I don't know that we've ever visited a place and didn't pick something up. Even if it's, uh, yeah, don't do that exactly. in the future. It's, it's so true. It's even, it's even the case in life. Like the, 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 the clearer you get on what you don't want, the clearer you become on what you do. Ooh, clip that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good words to end on there, Laura. Thank you so much for joining with us today. And uh, not only today, but last week as well. If you didn't catch last week, the first three secrets, make sure you go back and do that. But it's been really enjoyable to conclude this series and to hear from you, not only the passion that you have towards helping people improve, but the actual real world application of these secrets and how they could they could really change your business right now, whether you're a technician, a GM, an owner, it doesn't matter. So thank you very much for sharing that with our audience. My pleasure, guys. Seriously, here to help, here to serve. Email me. I'm, uh, I'm happy to, to, share, share, to share with open arms and uh, have fun on your date night tonight, Nate. Brian, stop, stop spreading you. your illness across the, across the state of Arizona. <laughs> and until next time, guys, take care and waste no day. Thank you so much, Laura. Oh, yeah. Clip that, too. <laughs> Hey, that's a wrap for this show. We hope that you enjoyed your time uh, on part two here of listening with Laura Kelly and all the great things that she has to say. So many incredible nuggets of truth in there and really simple and yet amazing, applicable things to do in your business right now, whether you're a technician with some of those scripting, a CSR, or whether you're an owner or a GM and you need to develop some levers. So many good things in there. Make sure that you reach out to Laura. Let her know that you found out about what she's talking about through the Waste No Day podcast. That always helps us out and helps her understand where her clients are coming from. We'd sure love to know that. If you liked what you heard, make sure you drop us a review, leave us some comments, or give us some feedback on social media. We'd appreciate that as well. And as always, we're going to leave you now with our weekly challenge to choose to wake up each and every morning and waste no day. <laughs>